You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show only on America's Web Radio. And today we've got a very special guest, Mr. Richard Schmidt. Uh, many of you know Richard, Rick, um, because he has National Parts Depot. And I'm sure a lot of our folks have uh, traded with him, called in to get uh, an order, whatever. And uh, Rick's there for you, and we're delighted to have him on. We've got Steve Ronaldo from Atlanta, and uh, Mr. Jim Weber from Marietta, and we're all hunkered down, well, not all, I'm hunkered down in the studio, and uh, everybody else is hunkered down in their house and doing what they should be doing, and we appreciate that. With that being said, I want to make one special announcement, and I will do it a couple of times during the show, and that is the Department of Justice has contacted us because we do the only weekly elderly abuse show, and the, and we know besides Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber that we have a lot of elderly folks that listen to America's Web Radio, and um, we just want to warn everybody about the scams that are going on. It, it's just ludicrous that uh, people are taking advantage of it, but many elderly are getting calls from people able to cure coronavirus or uh, ensure that their house won't get it and all sorts of lies and mischievous things to get money from the elderly. And if you get some kind of crazy call or some kind of crazy email, just destroy it. If they keep bothering you, call your police. They'll be glad to work with you on uh, catching these folks. And we certainly will be glad to work with you on catching these folks who will take advantage of a, of a situation that we're in. So with that being said, we've got the experts on, Jim and Steve, and um, we're going to turn Rick over to them. And Rick, look out. Here they come. Well, I'm ready for them. <laughs> hey, Rick. Steve Ronaldo. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah. yeah uh, how Rick, are things? Are you, are you at your you at your Florida location? Yes. Yes. I'm in uh, Ocala, Florida. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting outside by my by my pool to make sure that this uh, my cell phone continues to work properly. And uh, it's a beautiful morning. Yeah, yeah. I've been to your place several times uh, in Ocala with uh, antique car tours. And it, I, I yeah. tell everybody, if you've never been, it, it, it's quite a location. It, 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 it's quite a quite a stop, right up of I seventy five. You can see it going south, over, off to the right, yeah. and it is definitely worth the stop. Thank you, thank you. Yes, uh, yeah. it's kind of a of, of a of, of a hidden thing. It looks like a giant uh, warehouse because it is a giant warehouse, and and the uh, the, the productive part of it is is. Uh, taking orders and, and fulfilling and shipping restoration parts for the specific cars and trucks that we offer parts for to our customers. And also hidden back there is our is our car collection as well. Um, anybody who yeah. wants to see it, I would I would encourage you to uh, to go to our website and email me first because we don't leave the doors open twenty four seven. But I'm very very accommodating 
to uh, to anyone who wants to see it. I just need to know you're coming. Yeah, I, I can I can I can attest to this car collection is absolutely something to see. Uh, how many cars are in the collection now? Right now, and I might be off by one or two. It's at uh, two hundred fourteen. Yeah, I knew it was I knew it was around two hundred, and and some of these, and they're not all just show cars. That's the thing I like. If I'm I'm more of a let's let's drive them. They're not a lot, not a lot, not all show cars. They're cars that you can tell have been used and driven and well maintained and well loved, and that's pretty cool as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, my, my, my father and I have kind of uh, always nibbled around the edges of the hobby in that there's not, I, I, I say it, but I don't say it in a demeaning way, but there's not a lot of what I would consider cliche collectibles in our collection because the, the cliche stuff that I speak of, the stuff that's always been popular, always will be popular, always been valuable, that stuff's easy to find. Um if if you know if uh, I pulled one outside and a and a piano dropped on top of it, I could replace it. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> rare big block, big block I've muscle never heard cars. That. I've never heard that before. So. <laughs> you keep we've a just piano got an awful lot. Yeah, we've we've no 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 no. But uh, you know, we've we've got an awful lot of stuff in the collection that uh, that you just don't see so often. Um, about seventy percent of the collection is very very uh, ultra low mile, uh, unrestored survivors, you know, and that's why a lot of people who go through the collection, they always assume that all the cars are restored to the ones that have really orange peeled uh, paint and uh, the body panels don't line up just perfect. They're just, oh boy, these guys uh, will will buy just about it. No, that's a car with maybe 100 or 200 original miles on it. And that's the way the factory built it. Um, Yeah, Yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but uh, but uh, there's just a lot of stuff in there, uh, Starfires and Toronados and Rivieras that are not easy cars to replace if you went looking for a really nice one, especially a one that's never been uh, uh, fiddled with or restored. So, uh, so that's what's always kind of you know lit our candle as we've as we've gone through oh, the uh, yeah. collector hobby. Well, you guys started with two seat Thunderbirds. Yeah, right. Yes, my my dad bought his first. Uh, two-passenger Thunderbird when he was 16 years old. Uh, he bought it, and it was an E-Code three-speed overdrive car, which is the dual-quad dual uh, option. Um, he had gone into business for himself selling Model A fastener kits while he was still in high school. He uh, sold them through J.C. Whitney and all the other Model A restoration suppliers back then and was doing so well at it that he took a loan from a family member and bought a 57 Thunderbird. So he was... Uh, he was the cool kid in the uh, senior parking lot at his high school in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I go back with the, this business, your business, a long time, years and years ago. We had a fifty-five. My wife and I had a fifty-five Thunderbird, and I used to use Mid Florida Tech, uh, their tech center in in Orlando. And I, when you were in the little building off to the left. Uh, on in Gainesville, I would I would yeah. stop there and pick up Thunderbird parts on my way down or on my way home in the little tiny building. And, you know, and it's mind-boggling what what from where you were. And I'm talking. I'm listening, everybody. This was a small building. This was not a huge thing. 
to where you guys are today. That's you guys have done a hell of a job. I'm telling you. Yeah, that, that small building is now an overpass. <laughs> <laughs> it ceased to exist about four years ago. Uh, uh, the, the, you know, development up there, and yeah, now we moved about a half hour south of Gainesville. Uh, to Ocala, and our current building is 360,000 square feet, which is about eight acres air conditioned under a roof. Wow! And uh, and and where we started, the the business actually began in the basement of our house in Gainesville. Okay, Rick. <coughs> and I, I, I just still remember got customers. that building. Yeah, I yeah, know. I've I've still got customers who remember actually driving to our home, walking around the back, and uh, pull and. Uh, buying their parts out of the basement of the house. For Thunderbirds. Yes. Yeah, because that's how you guys started. And uh, I, mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's an amazing success story. And you've done, <clears throat> not only for your business, but you ha- you and, and NPD has done a ton over the years to support the hobby, Antique Automobile Club of America, and the other clubs. You guys do a lot for the hobby. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. I know that that would make my father smile because, uh, uh, yeah, oh boy, is he not just uh, active with the clubs, but uh, very passionate about the clubs and the shows. I mean, my, the, the, you talk about the Little Thunderbirds, uh, the club for that is the CTCI, Classic Thunderbird Club sure. International. My dad is member number six. Wow. Really? Back to the wow. 1960s. Yeah, and, uh, and with the AACA. Yes, we've we've uh, uh, contributed plenty, and uh, and my father is always eager. Whenever there's a national show going on that's anywhere east of the Mississippi, he's keen to go. And we get a car prepped, and and uh, and I've got a showcase at the uh, on the Here's west side do. of our property that's uh, that's just full of AACA awards from all of my dad's activities. With that, he he absolutely loves the club. But you know, deeper into that, uh, he just loves the people in the club, and uh, and the people who really make up the core of the auto hobby is is just such a fantastic uh, group of folks, and uh, and uh, and we we support the AACA and try to support as many shows as we can, just simply because that's what we feel that's what keeps the hobby uh, pushing forward. And what keeps the grassroots? Even though you know, if you put a little bit of sponsorship money and throw some swag at a show, you might not see that back in a short-term, tangible way. But long-term, we feel that it's uh, the best investment that we can possibly do. Yeah, you guys, you, you guys do do uh, uh, a great job. The only thing I, I'm looking for, I'm on your website now. Looking, I'm looking for a Maxwell catalog. I can't seem to find it for, for a Maxwell. <laughs> The more obscure you get, and obscure is usually not a—it's—it's it's not an insult. It actually makes it more wonderful for me. But the, but the the more unique, or uh, less produced, or due to attrition, the less that exists today a car is, uh, the more of a challenge it is to restore because the restoration there's a threshold, there's a there's a tipping point where you can pay for tooling and reproduce a part, and in the next five years hope to actually finally turn a profit on that whole entire exercise right it, it, yeah yeah that yeah. that that equation that that algebraic equation works great for mustangs and camaros and chevelles and pickup trucks it does not work 
very well at all for Maxwell's or just, you know, or, or shorter run cars like, uh, like Rivieras and Toronados and Elvarados and things like that. So, uh, so when people say, gee, why, do, why don't they have a catalog for my car? It's, it's just, it's minutia. Uh, just this, uh, yesterday oh, yeah. I received, I received a quote. I wanted to do a couple of, um, Securing nuts for the little remote control knob on on uh, uh, on uh, rear view mirrors for uh, sixty seven and sixty eight Mustangs. Uh, not to bore the pants off of everybody out there, but uh, sixty seven and sixty eight Mustang had two different style uh, uh, of the nuts that uh, went on the door panel to secure the knob. Uh, one for 67, one for 68. Historically, for all these decades, we've only had one style because they're so close to each other, nobody's ever noticed the difference. Well, I'm going to get them both done to make it all correct. But the tooling to do these little die-cast chrome nuts is 5000 bucks. Plus, I have to get a thousand... Plus, I have to get a thousand of each nut produced for the initial production run. you got to sell a lot of nuts, <laughs> and you've got to somehow... Well, you got one on the show with you right now. $5,000 tooling cost until you ever make a dime on selling the things. So uh, I, I, that yeah, is I the, know. That's okay. the reality of restoration parts, and that's why if you have a, uh, you know, a Nash or a, you know. Okay, gentlemen, we're going to have to. Any type uh, of obscure make or, or a car that's, uh, that's, that's been long, you know, the manufacturer is long gone. That's why it's tough to get reproduction parts because you got to pay for the tooling and all your co-patriots that are collecting the same car, they've got to step sure. up as well. Rick, I'm sorry to interrupt, but we're, uh, Steve, we're going to have to stop for a break and we'll be back with more of the show right after this. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. And our guest, our special guest, is um, Richard Schmidt. And uh, most of you know him probably by the three letters NPD. National Parts Depot, and I'm sure the listeners out there have bought many, many items from NPD over the years, and they have been quite a a uh, part of the hobby and industry, and we appreciate Rick coming on today. Uh, two things. One is the Department of Justice has asked us to make a number of announcements regarding elderly abuse and the scams that are going on during the crisis. With that being said, I'm going to segue in and ask Rick, 
Rick, what are you all doing? Or can we still order parts? And do we do it over the phone? Do we do it through your uh, website? Or what can we expect? Well, obviously, it's a very fluid situation. Um, what I say right now could change in a half hour. But uh, currently, we are fortunate enough to be uh, fully operational from the standpoint of uh, being able to take orders online, and we uh, we we have our uh, employees taking orders over the phone as well. Uh, we're in four different states, but our, our headquarters and our and our main core team is in uh, Ocala, Florida, and in Marion County right now we have uh, only five confirmed cases. There's no. Uh, there's no stay-at-home order, and not that we're flaunting that or exploiting that, but uh, since our building is so big in the way that we've got our sales uh, um, department and and our shipping and everything else designed, there is no close contact. There is no sharing of equipment, so we've just ramped up our. Uh, <laughs> we've got somebody literally 24/7 just walking around disinfecting wow. door jams and everything. So we are just hunkered down, not just at home, because we've had the conversations with our employees that they have to be smart, not just at work, but smart everywhere else they go as well, so that we can all stay safe. Um, I'm just curious. With the we, size, are still with opera- the... we are still operational. We have closed foot traffic, though, but we're doing it kind of like a drive through Our customers, even though they don't know that the showroom is open, they'll show up anyways. So we've got signs out front, and we just tell them to get on their cell phones and call us. And we, uh, we we take their list of needs, we process it, we pull it, and we roll it out the front door in a cart, and they can load it into their vehicle and uh, walk off happy and have something to do while they're stuck at home. So uh, we're, we're making cool. it work. I, I'm, I'm curious, Rick, with the size of your warehouse, are you all robotic? No. You know, I don't know. I've I've heard that there's robotic areas of uh, Summit Racing, which is just an enormous, you know, is a, a automotive mail order taken to the most gargantuan scale you can imagine. But I'll tell you, with restoration parts, there's so much delicate stuff back there intertwined into our shelves that uh, how you would ever be able to handle that with a conveyor and with robots, you Lord, you don't want to get a hood molding and a brake drum on the same belt together. And the same thing goes in shipping as well. You don't want them in the same box together either. So uh, so there's there's durable parts combined with very, very fragile parts. And that doesn't... Uh, and, and I don't feel like reorganizing my warehouse to where there's sections for either because we like to have things done in the same order that uh, Ford and GM designed their uh, parts numbering systems around in groups so that uh, if you're working on you know your uh, charging system in a Ford everything's in the 11,000s not just you know in the 10,000s not just the alternator but all of the wiring and the solenoids and then all the fastener kits is all in the same area and that also that way if you get uh, you know a hurricane we're generator backed up but if the power goes out or the computer goes down we're like a library in the Dewey Decimal System. We can find everything, whether or not we've got a computer or not. That's great. So very uh, employee-oriented uh, and employee-dependent, I, I guess. And I'm sure that uh, yep. you all are taking every precaution known as far as the, the time and day that we're in right now. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's great. Yeah, we've, yeah. you know, it's... It, 
obviously the the concern isn't even so much you know most of most of my employees are in the the 20 year old to the 60 year old range and in between but uh, but we've we've all got parents and relatives and some have folks at home and and you just don't want to be carrying anything home to to your loved ones right is it, have you given any thoughts to getting into the the, the older cars at all? Uh, um, mostly fifties and sixties. No, I mean we're we've already got twelve active catalogs. Uh, we've been uh, discussing and pondering uh, doing a thirteenth, um, but that gets into a very long conversation. None of the older cars these days really present. Uh, enough volume to where you could actually do a printed catalog, and uh, and when all the costs and expenses and the uh, and the efforts are metered out, have it pay for itself. Um, uh, it's just the way it is. Anything that's pre-war is 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 fairly low volume these days. Whether or not that's going to have a resurgence is is uh, for people smarter well, than they've me all or been for done fate, for fake yeah. workout. Yeah. Those cars have been done. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've had a Model A for years. I've had a Model T for years, and I've got a, you know, these cars, the pre-war cars, a lot of them have been done. But you know, finding yeah. bits and pieces is getting hard. As you mentioned earlier, is getting harder and harder. Oh yeah, and harder. Yeah. And our sales team, you know, and and, and I, I, nothing impresses me more than my sales department when I go out and I just kind of. Uh, uh, tip an ear into their discussions with people on the phone, but we're very blessed to have very low turnover, so most of our salespeople have been with us for a very long time, and with our current array, it's a lot of catalogs, but a lot of the parts interrelate and the platforms interrelate. We've got A-body, F-body, GM, and, uh, and, and the uh, uh, Mustang and Cougar relate. Everything relates to where they're very, very knowledgeable about the vehicles that they're selling parts for, and that's very important. Even when you're shopping online, you need to be able to email or call somebody who knows what the heck they're talking about. All, when, sure. all of a sudden, when, when you go, when you jump the shark and you decide that you're going to carry parts for everything and have 30 or 40 or a myriad of different catalogs, you're, you're attempting to serve everybody, but you're not serving anybody terribly well because there's just no way that any of your employees can keep their arms around that many different uh, topics and that many different uh, types of vehicles. Rick, are you saying well, that your calls don't go to India? You guys are dealing with, it's amazing. Total, it just, you know, I, the total number of just years is huge that you're trying. And yeah. that, yeah, as we know, in American car industry, and I think Jim will back that up. They changed back in the day. They used to change every year. Stuff changed just for the sake of change. Yeah, and isn't that, that something? And, hard. and they were and they were drawing up all those designs and making all that tooling with no computers. And it's what we used to do back then just is staggering compared to what it takes today. But then again, today we do things with so much more precision. Intolerance. These new cars, everybody says, "Oh, they don't make them like they used to." If you really study it, I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the t cars today, all you got to do is put gas in it and make sure you hit your service. Uh, and a lot of those service intervals are every ten thousand miles now. Shoot, I bought a, I bought a, 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 a yeah, I, I bought a Porsche 911 back in 2005 that has so much. Uh, uh, 
oil, so many oil coolers, front and rear, that the whole entire car, for just a 3.6-liter uh, engine, carries eight quarts of oil. So the cycle rate is so slow that they tell you to change oil every 20,000 miles. Well, that's a very so low-maintenance vehicle. <laughs> I've, I just reached 20,000 miles last month, <laughs> and I've had the car for Have you taken it in for the now, oil change? <laughs> no, I did it myself, and then I went there and I begged them to reset the uh, change oil light because I didn't have the right computer thing to do it. <laughs> For you. Yeah. I, I have uh, a question, guys. Rick, 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 um, Rick, you brought up a very interesting point just now. How has your business changed since, you know, when, when I was playing with cars, it was... You know, one of the most technical things we had was a timing light. And now with all of the computerized stuff, how has that affected you and your business as, as far as uh, people calling in and wanting parts? Well, the computer says I need a yada-da-da-da or whatever. It hasn't affected us much. I mean, keep in mind that we only go uh, delve into the 1990s and into 2000 on one catalog and that's our uh, Mustang parts catalog we do the uh, we do um, uh, 1979 all the way up to 2004 for the pickup trucks we go into the late 90s um, but uh, other than that it's all 50s, 60s and 70s and that's really where the sweet spot is sure, you know, historically absolutely. As, as, as times marched on people have started working on you know, newer cars that are now antique. But that kind of slowed down considerably when you get into the 90s and up. I don't see the future as being a bunch of uh, kids restoring cars from the 21st century because they're too friggin' complex. They've got airbags everywhere. They've got, uh, you know, 200 pounds of wiring harnesses that nobody can afford to reproduce. And they're just not practical and simple and basic enough for somebody to hope to take apart and put back together in their garage with a set of craftsmen or, I guess, <laughs> in these days, or cobalt tools. <laughs> um, the 50s, 60s, and 70s stuff is such a sweet spot because it's basic, it's simple. You can take it apart and you can put it back together yourself with simple tools and a shop manual and uh, and you can drive them on modern uh, highways and streets that's the other thing that's really kind of handicapping pre-war stuff is that uh, it's hard to jump into a 1925 Dodge or a 1933 uh, Chrysler and uh, and get out there and dice it up with modern day traffic at 70 80 miles per hour so only that's another crazy thing. people, yeah, only crazy people <laughs> <do> things like <laughs> that. <clears throat> so, so, so it really, there, there's, it really encapsulates 50s, 60s, 70s, and into the 80s is really where the restoration market will continue to focus because that's the stuff that people can have fun with without beating their heads against the wall or having to source a touchscreen on their dash that uh, that runs everything and if it's not reproduced the car doesn't work yet. so um and material engineering too today's new cars modern cars things don't wear out like they used to on the old ones uh, you know we uh, again not as a dodge against old cars but uh, 
the, the fact that we wouldn't be a company. I wouldn't be sitting here next to my swimming pool right now if it weren't for the fact that uh, Mustangs rust. <laughs> and people and people need floor, floors and quarters and wheelhouses to restore them. Uh, when's the last time you saw a modern car rolling down the road and saw it all littered up and be, it eaten up with rust? Things Upstate have changed. New York. And Upstate New York. <laughs> Rick, but, Rick. You know, modern cars just don't. They, they don't wear out the same way that old cars do. Um, the uh, restoration parts industry will continue to focus on the older stuff. Rick, you'd be a very good barometer. One of the reasons that we started this show many years ago, uh, Steve, basically, is that, you know, and, and we still address this day in and day out, is getting the young folks involved. And like you said, the young folks involved with today's cars means that they have a computerized shop that has every electronic this that and the other and and it's no fun fun was having the timing light and setting setting the time you know but so Mm -hmm. as a barometer how do you see like you said they're not going to restore a a 2020 whatever or 2019 whatever so are they are you seeing the young folks at all going back to the the 60s and before i do see it uh, i i see it quite often uh, you know shoot i just got an email the other day of a of a of a, of a kid who just he sent a photograph and he couldn't have been you know, more than 18, 19 years old, and he was uh, uh, doing a uh, 1970 Mustang Coupe project. So I'm seeing it all over the place. Um, yeah, and I also see the general ambivalence that people talk about with younger people, you know, obsessed with their cell phones. Uh, I, I see that uh, there's uh, stories about a lot of young kids who aren't even interested in getting their driver's licenses. Right. Luckily, that hasn't infested my house. My girls, uh, they 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 love to drive. I've only got one left to, to throw in a car, but uh, but she's she's ready. And um, I see all of that, but uh, yet still, um, there there's enough younger people out there that uh, that I'm seeing walk into our showroom that somehow things are continuing to motor on. And I'll also point out, you know, everybody says, oh, I go to a car show and all I see is a bunch of gray-haired old men. It's, you know, every, <laughs> once everybody passes away, who's going to keep it up? Now, keep in mind, I've been going to car shows my entire life. My dad has been in this hobby his entire life. So when I was a kid in the 70s, we were going to T-Bird shows, CTCI shows all over the country. And you know who were at those CTCI shows and and, and getting the uh, tickets to the banquet with the rubber chicken and everything else? It was all a bunch of gray-haired old men back then, too. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what. I always pointed out to my father, it's, it's always been an older person's hobby because it's the older person who has the time and the resources to go out and play like that, whereas the younger people, they've, they're still building their careers, and they've got kids in school and families and things that it's not always practical to just pick up the family and go do car shows or to spend all of your free time on nights and weekends working on a car. Right. It's always been that way. So with, the, so with that being there's, said... There's some, truth, there's some truth to what's going on with the younger generation, but there's also some 
things that have always been that way, and people just aren't remembering how things were when they were younger, and remembering that uh, that it was mostly older folks at the car shows. With that said, sure. we're going to have to take our next break, and we'll be back on the Classic Car Show right after this. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. I want to remind everybody, uh, particularly the elderly, there are so many scams out there. The De- Department of Justice has asked us to make this announcement. If you're getting a call or you get an email that you're skeptical of, one, hang up if it's a phone call, and two, just delete it if it's an email uh, saying that uh, you send money and we'll protect you from the COVID-19 virus or coronavirus or whatever. But there are many, many scams out there, and they're all targeted at the elderly. So please, family members, take care of your grandparents, your parents, and uh, make sure that they aren't victims of these vicious scams. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show with our special guest, Richard Smith. And um, most everybody know Richard, know Richard as NPD, National Parts Depot. And we're delighted to have you on today, Richard, and appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. And I know that uh, with everything that's going on, uh, there's been more lumped on you. So we do appreciate it. And we've got Steve Ronaldo in uh, Atlanta, Marietta, and Mr. Jim Weber on with us. So, guys, it's all yours. Jim, what do you think about all this stuff? Well, it's it's interesting. I've been kind of sitting here absorbing everything. I had, uh, you know, one thought, and that kind of covered that, Rick, and that's plans for the future. Um, do you see a growth, or, or like with the, the birds, do you think that same thing's going to happen with Mustangs, where some of your competitors are just going to stop carrying that stuff? Um, uh, a growth for us, hopefully. <laughs> okay. You know, but uh, but it, but as far as the the market and the hobby, n- no, no, I don't because uh, it's a finite supply of vehicles. Uh, as we were talking about the older ones, the ones that are worth restoring, most of them have been restored, and and honestly, a lot of our business these days, even for the for the for the muscle cars and cars of the 60s and 50s and 70s, uh, these are people who are redoing a a poorly done restoration that was done back in the 80s. You know, a lot of these are people doing a car over and then 
selling it and then somebody doing it again and doing it again. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, there's, uh, there's, there's only so many cars left that you can drag out of a backyard or a, or a field and, uh, and put together. So going forward, uh, my, my dad used to always draw on a piece of paper, uh, a large bell curve that, that went up really high and then dropped down about halfway and then turned straight and went out, out into infinity. And uh, I think we're kind of approaching the straight out into infinity age right now to where it's going to be a solid level. It's always going to be a viable and good business, but I don't think it's growing. I don't think it's going away either. I think it's going to just be a, a, a pretty flat line from here into perpetuity. Even with pickup trucks, because today pickup trucks have just, I mean, uh, the way I see it, the, they've increased in value and the old dogs because they were all work trucks people are going they are they are a hot market and you are correct and that is one of our growth markets um so pickup trucks i think because there's so many of them still out there that could be uh done pickup trucks will continue to increase but i think my dad is correct it'll have the same bell curve they're just uh 10 or 20 years behind the, you know, the passenger cars. Yeah. Um, and when I say passenger cars, it, it was always the, it was always the two door, two door hard tops and convertibles. That's the only thing anybody wanted to fool with. And, uh, and, uh, now these days, because so many of those have been, uh, you know, snapped up and done and they're so valuable now, there's a lot of people going to four doors at station wagons. So those oh, are kind of emerging, oh. emerging. Those are emerging markets because it's the only thing left to do. And today, everybody's got a four door as a daily driver, so the four door stigma is kind of yeah. is kind of lifting. And um, sorry about my dog there. And oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, pickup That's trucks, yeah, they're 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 red hot right now. That bell curve is on the rise for pickup trucks. Then it'll peak, and then it'll level off just like everything else. We're just uh, we're just uh, probably five or ten years away from from peaking out on that one. And and again, I think I don't think anybody's going to be restoring a 2005 F one fifty. I don't think anybody's going to be restoring a 2010 Chevy. Um, it'll be trucks from the 40s, you know, post war forward right. Right. that will constantly be the driving force in the restoration market. Things, yeah, things like that are basic nice- that you can deal with. Yeah. I'd like a nice Graham pickup truck. Oh, now, oh that yeah. would be cool. They're so yep. weird looking; it's unreal. <laughs> yeah, but Steve, he doesn't have parts for that. You know, <laughs> he doesn't have parts for that. I've got that, a, right, yeah. kind of in the same vein, when you were talking about availability, a couple three years ago at Philadelphia at the AACA convention, we had a roundtable. Uh, there was a big seminar, and we had the guy from Barrett-Jackson. We had the guy who does the Haggerty Value. We had a whole bunch of people. And and we were talking about values and costs of getting into the hobby. And I said, you, you're, you, you're, you're the bottom line of this hobby, because you, you know, without you, there is no hobby without guys like you. Uh, I, they're saying that, that the, the, the regular, everyday car prices just just a a, a a 65 mustang notchback coupe uh mm-hmm. those things are are hitting a level where they'll stay 
And they, from that, you know, five years ago, 57 Chevy convertibles, as you know, were 150,000. Now you can buy nice ones for 50. I think they're finding mm-hmm. a level, and, and that's, I, I don't think they're going to go much lower, but only special cars will, <clears throat> some way the provenance or a history or something odd will, will, will continue to push the prices of, of some of these things. I, I, that's what I see, and that's what these guys all said. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, as far as the values of the cars themselves, that's such a yeah. tough algorithm because what you what you run into is obviously there's supply and demand, but there's also cost of restoration and labor hours oh. of restoration, and those two things are not flexible. Um, you can you can talk about the prices of you know specific popular collectibles going sky high and then falling back down to earth but what does not change is I don't care what it is if you don't put a thousand hours into it you're not doing a full frame off restoration on anything um, and in whether you're doing it yourself or paying a shop to do it the the time and the resources is money the parts that you have to put in and the materials is money so while I, one thing that, you know, supply and demand is what would cause things to, uh, you know, especially on the demand side, for prices to level off and come down quite a bit. But there is a ceiling. I mean, there is a basement to it. There is, there is a bottom floor, and that's the fact that when you get, when prices get so cheap that nobody in their right mind would be incentivized to restore a car, then that's bad for the market. Everybody wants cheap prices for cars you know they 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 look at it as a rich man sport and and of course everybody wants to to buy a you know a a a yenko or a shelby or 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 a hem or a hemi car their first try out but the fact of the matter is is that the prices for classic cars get so cheap that that the hobby and playing in the hobby is just money out the the door that you'll never get back in any fraction that's not good for the hobby whatsoever uh you always want prices to be healthy and you're you're never gonna you're never gonna get all your money back from a restoration let's just face it and we've known that that's why we call it a hobby but at least you get some of it back at least you've got an asset out there in the garage that if uh that if uh you know during high tide times where where the house is flooding you've got an asset that you can sell and get some of your money back out of uh, that's what makes this hobby so great. You know, hunting, fishing, traveling. There's a lot of hobbies out there where you get the you get the photo album and you get the memories and the experience, but you don't have an asset at the end of the day. Uh, classic cars, you've got something. You own that. You've something, got a title yeah. and a file folder. And uh, and if you fall on hard times or one of your family members becomes ill, all of a sudden you've got a marketable asset. Um, so I I would warn people: don't wish for your dream car to be so dirt cheap that you can just go out there and you know and and buy it without any forethought because if things get too cheap then the hobby will suffer and it won't be as robust as it is today i i like prices that are not too high but not too low right there in the middle where where people are restoring cars and knowing that they can look their wife straight in the eye honestly and say honey if i got to sell this thing we'll be okay yeah, Steve, have you done that? 
Uh, no, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm from the old school that you, you buy high and sell low. That's, that's uh, been my motto. <laughs> Rick, going back to your business for a minute. Um, I have always been under the impression that you just about, uh, for a Mustang anyway, have every part available. Is that correct? Is that a proper assumption? That, in other words, I could go uh, order from your catalog and build a new Mustang. Pretty much, yes. Yeah, that has okay. gotten to that extent, and and for and Mustangs are unique in that, uh, and you can kind of do a Corvette that way too, just because people tend to not uh, drive the Corvette into the uh, salvage yard and uh, tell the guy to put it in the crusher. But um, Mustangs have been you know, eye candy and popular and enthusiastic cars since the get-go, and Ford yes. built millions of them. So even with all the attrition and ones that rusted into the ground or got crushed, there's still a whole ton of them existing to, today, and they are simple, basic, affordable cars. So uh, that that right there is all the right ingredients for a robust parts market to where you could tool up and reproduce just about anything and make your money back because there's so many people out there restoring and playing with Mustangs. And to the oh. same extent, you can say Camaros and Chevelles. And and, and, the, and then as, as I continue to go down the line, pickup trucks too. Holy cow, did the GM and Dodge and and, uh, and Ford build a lot of pickup trucks. And so don't, don't forget and international. Go down the list and recite, all of a sudden the numbers get lower and lower and lower until all of a sudden it, no, it's now the reproduction part's uh, availability is kind of sketchy because there's just not enough volume to drive it. Okay. Rick, Rick, uh, I've got, uh, well, we'll take a break in a second, but uh, I wanted to ask you a question. I have a good friend that has restored a pickup, like you all were talking, and uh, he had done everything until he got to the bed, and the bed is wood. And he tried to buy, you know, as close to OEM as he could, but um, couldn't find it so he finally wound up he had to make it and uh you know what do you all do in a and have you come across anything that anybody has ever called and said look i'm looking for this part i'm looking for this and just got stumped um you're always going to get stumped with certain specific years and applications where where it's unique from other years i mean as far as as uh, wood uh, wood kits for beds we're uh we're pretty. Uh, uh, we've got pretty good coverage because we're just selling parts for for uh, World War II and newer uh, Chevy and Ford trucks. Those are plentiful and popular, so you won't have a problem finding wood kits for those. But once you get into the more obscure makes and models or earlier years, yeah, you might have to uh, uh, hone your carpentry skills and, and wind up doing it yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, with that, okay, with that being said, we are going to take a um, quick break and uh, want to remind everybody that the show is brought to you by J.C. Taylor. And uh, if you've got a classic car or even a muscle car, whatever it happens to be, the place to go is J.C. Taylor. And we've got the expert going to make the announcement about it. Hi, I'm Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, talking to you about antique car insurance. Uh, in this hobby, 
that I've been part of for years. Not all insurance companies and insurance coverage is the same. I would suggest that you call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com to find out some information about some of the best antique car insurance you can get, such as agreed value uh, insurance for your classic car. Again, if you're when you get ready to to uh, insure your classic classic antique or even your street ride, call J.C. Taylor Insurance or visit jctaylor.com. And uh, we want to remind everybody too that um, today was the day for the. J.C. Johns Creek Healing Wall uh, ribbon cutting, and uh, it has obviously been postponed, and we will be announcing when uh, the Healing Wall will be, uh, the opening ceremonies will be occurring. It'll probably be within uh, the next month, month and a half, depending on how the uh, pandemic situation goes. But uh, they didn't want to uh, threaten anybody or have any problems so they've postponed it it is up and uh i can't say that it's open for business but uh the healing wall is in john's creek and if you're not familiar with it it's the viet it's a half scale vietnam veteran wall that travel all over the united states and to many areas and uh, people were able to visit it and now it is permanently going to be located in johns creek georgia so with that being said we're going to listen to a couple more things and we'll be back with our guest richard schmidt and national parts depot steve ronaldo and jim weber right after this Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, and we've got about uh, seven minutes to go, and I'm going to turn it back over to... Steve and Jim and our special guest, Mr. Rick Schmidt, and NPD and 300,000 square feet of parts. If you just walk up and down every aisle every day, you'd, you'd get down to uh, 50 pounds. That's a lot of territory. Anyway, back to you all. And that's, only, that's only one, and you have locations in other places, too. Yeah, we've got warehouses in uh, California, North Carolina, and Michigan. But uh, Florida is our largest. Florida is our is our headquarters and kind of what uh, you know. It's not centrally located, but it really is our central warehouse. Uh, everything you know, uh, we've 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 got ocean ports uh, close by, um, and uh, shipping things out of Florida has never has always been. Uh, affordable because Florida is a consumption state. It's not a manufacturing mecca, so uh, trucks come in, but they uh, but they're they're desperate <laughs> to actually leave and go back the other direction with some cargo as well. So Florida has always worked out well for us as being a hub, and uh, and yeah, with uh, three hundred sixty thousand square feet, I always joke that you that you really have to eat a lot an awful lot of unhealthy food. To, uh, to put on weight and work in our warehouse because there's a lot of walking to do and we've even got bikes you know our, our order pullers right around on tricycles large tricycles really? with, uh, 
with bins on the back of them to, to put the parts in. Uh, do you have yeah. a McDonald's on site for your people? <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> I just asked if you had a McDonald's on site <laughs> for your people because that's all Steve eats. And he can, when he comes down to visit, he could have lunch. Well, they're not far from the exit where all of the hotels are, that's for sure. Right. You guys aren't oh, far yeah. from there. Yeah. I've stayed in that courtyard down there many a time. So, mm-hmm. And I've waved at the warehouse when I've gone by, but I've never stopped. And I yeah. I, I want to. The next time I head down that way. Yeah, make, make, yeah call them and let them, let them show you the cars. It's just, it's really yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be happy to do it. Oh, that's great. Um, uh, we don't have a whole lot of time left, so when, you want to go back and, and you know, hopefully you want to get get you to come back on again and continue to talk about some more stuff. But let's talk a little, everybody again, about what's going on due to this this the current situation about uh, ordering parts, buying parts, picking up parts, telephone numbers, uh, websites, everything that that. I, I, I'm restoring my 69 GTO that I bought when I got back from Vietnam again, and I need uh, the farm doodler. And uh, how would I get that? Well, uh, our website is uh, is npdlink.com. That's uh, our National Parts Depot is npd, and then the word link, L-I-N-K, dot com. Uh, or you can call, and on that website, you'll find all of our toll-free order numbers. Or you can just go online and Google National Parts Depot, and and you'll find our website easy enough. And we also have our sales staff; they're they're in there in full force, so you can also call us on the phone. We, you know, a lot of my competitors do not encourage phone sales. They try to drive everybody to the, to the internet. We're kind of the opposite. We want you to call up because that makes sure that we can have the conversation and the back and forth that you get the right stuff the first time. Uh, there's a lot of ways that people, uh, you know, pick the wrong part when they're doing it themselves online. Uh, we are shipping uh, on schedule currently. We've got very, very robust inventories. Some of our suppliers have had to shut down, but that hasn't hurt us that much because we keep so much uh, overstock in the first place. Uh, so, so everything's rolling. So if you're stuck at home, nothing to do and you've got that project project that's been languishing out in your garage uh we're ready to uh, get you busy and you do okay, and you can go there right yes if it yeah if it's convenient you can go there and it's sort of like yes. curbside pickup at mcdonald's curbside pickup you go there uh you can literally call us from right on the other side of the door of the showroom tell us what you want uh give us your vitals we'll bill it out pull it and and roll it right out the door to you pretty amazing pretty amazing wait wait a second uh, uh, wait a second when you you're said calling international right yeah we, we ship all around the globe we're, we're doing international shipments every day that's the hobby is very strong in europe and australia and new zealand rick uh you and, you said you could get curbside pickup and you said give us your vitals does that mean that uh, a damn good-looking blonde gets preferential treatment? <laughs> no, 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 no. We, we we don't play favorites. All customers are treated with the same amount of respect. But uh, now when I say vitals, basically I'm talking about your credit card information and your billing address. Oh, we okay. need to have that before we can hand you the parts. Um, 
Got it. So, yeah, and it, it's amazing. I, like I said, I've been there several times on car tours. I have a lot of friends that live in the, in the, the villages. I am of that age. And uh, <laughs> and they've sponsored quite a few tours and stuff, and we've been over there. And it, it it's an amazing thing to see when everything gets back to 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 uh, normal. And I strongly suggest if you're heading down I seventy five and looking for a good break on the on the drive to uh, to, to Mickey Land, it, it's well worth a stop if you're a car guy. It, it's just an amazing setup, and the people are great, and the cars are just phenomenal too so it, it's well worth making the effort yeah it, it, our cars get lonely so anybody who wants to come by and uh, and you know all i do stress is just check with me first because because we don't just uh you know let everybody back in because that tr- that proved to be problematic in the early years when we first moved in the building but yeah, uh, I, I want to. Uh, if, if you yeah. if you arrange with me first, if you arrange with me first, then uh, then I have. Uh, I'm happy to let you back in and give you a quick uh, give you a quick background on how it all came together and let you. You know. I think your son showed us around. I think your son son showed us around the last time we did. If I'm not sure, but I think so. No, that would have been me probably. But maybe it was you. Maybe well, uh, you yeah. were younger than those days. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I want that 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 Hemi Cuda convertible that's in the third row back in the middle. I want to take for a ride, and it'll probably take you what a day and a half to get it out of there. <laughs> well, I don't have a Hemi Cuda convertible, but if I did, no, everything, every, every everything uh, we've we've got everything these days. Because if you were back, uh, you know, shoot, ten years ago, yeah, everything. Oh yeah. The, the, that was before we expanded our building and everything was plugged in to where, yeah, we had to move Hi. six or seven cars just to get one out. Not so today. Yeah. We've got everything arranged in such a way cool. that everything can pull out on a moment's notice. Yeah. Great. I'd love to see you. Next time I go down, I'm going to make, I'm going to give you a call and stop. Okay. Mr. Weber, it's that time for you to say. Oh, are we going to put the plug in the jug? We're going to have to put the plug in the jug. It's time to get out of here. Richard, thank you so much for being on the show today. And uh, will you come back and be on again? I'd be happy to. I enjoyed it. Good, good. With that being said, you're okay. listening to America's Web Radio. And uh, stay Rick, tuned. great time. Thank you. Thanks, Rick. Yeah, enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.